I will not be corrected whilst holding a dictionary. Yeah. You can Google that all you want. <laughs> I have the hard Welcome, Welcome to the Naked Apple Slices of History. Special episode Special this week. Special episode. Special. Part one of we'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> Part one of however many we end up doing. <laughs> Part one of we're doing this until we feel better about life. So just a little sideways eight then. Sideways eight. <laughs> Part Part one of... Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question. <laughs> you only have better. 80 episodes so far. Why are there seven digits in that? Until I feel better mark. about myself. There's not enough alcohol in the world <laughs> <laughs> to accommodate such a need. <laughs> Drink this till I look pretty, then come back. <laughs> you have a face made for radio. It's going to take a lot of alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, some people, <laughs> some people are one baggers, some are two. <laughs> bag over your face in case the bag over their face falls off? No, in case the <laughs> first bag falls off, the second one's still on them. Oh. <laughs> but if the first bag falls off, doesn't the second one also fall off? Because the second one would technically be on top. You're using the wrong bag. Well, that got weird. <clears throat> anyway. Historically speaking. Historically. Historically speaking, of course. <laughs> so we decided to do this was it last week that we decided to do this. And so naturally we are extremely prepared. You went full retard, man. <laughs> Just about. Because uh, halfway through we realized, oh crap, there's a lot more here than we thought. <laughs> so much to do. Last time I read the Federalist Papers was, well, never all the way through. Um <laughs> I don't think I've ever made it past, like, number three. Yeah. <laughs> there, Outside of trying to just read how it. How many? Yeah. 85. 85. Outside oh, of yeah. just... And they're not just one page each. No. Um, but yeah, cool. outside of that, I've read a paper here or there and or quotes from inside the papers as they relate to things. That being said, it is something I think everyone, especially now... Should have a gander at because... It's something that should be taught in school, if we're being honest. It only founded our current government. I mean, and you know it's bad because I don't actually think I ever heard about the Federalist Papers until I'd already graduated high school. I remember hearing about them in high school because they mentioned... uh, Alexander Hamilton, all them writing papers to convince people about the, why they need a constitution, and that's as deep as it went. Well, what was what was their arguments for it? Eh. <laughs> we got to hurry and get to FDR. Oh, okay. <laughs> why? Actually, no, I had to hurry and get to Woodrow Wilson. That's what they had to hurry and get to. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Spent some time there. 
Anyway, while trying to figure out, uh, you know, since we're covering the Federalist Papers, we should probably also cover the Anti-Federalist Papers at some point. Have you ever looked at those? No, I'm sure they have some good arguments, though. They do, uh, especially because one of the main writers of the Anti-Federalist Papers was uh, Patrick Henry. Ah, yes. I mean, there's 85 of them. But, I mean, when you have... <laughs> I, I, you have some of the founders on one side writing the Federalist Papers. You have some on the other side writing the Anti-Federalist Papers. You've got William Penn. You've got, uh, obviously, John Henry... And then a bunch of other people that used pen names, including uh, Brutus, which I'm trying to remember who Et tu, Brutus. he was. <laughs> it, Brutus was a, a pen name for one of the other founders because he didn't want to be actually like uh, on the author line for it. I don't remember <laughs> which I one am, it was. I anyway. am very opposed to this. Who is? I don't want it that you know. <laughs> so you're that opposed. <laughs> trying to remember who it was. I'm going to look it up. All right. Anyway. Um, but yeah, so while we started delving into this, uh, realization came that we should probably talk about the reason why they were written instead of just diving into them because technically... United States government operated under the Articles of Confederation before there was the Constitution of the United States. And that history has some fun stuff, and the articles themselves have some great ideas that aren't in the Constitution and some terrible ideas that also aren't in the Constitution. <laughs> Part of why they decided, mm, uh, let's do something different. <clears throat> so anyway... A brief history on uh, the Articles of Confederation is, so we sent out the Declaration of Independence, July 4th, 1776, declared, uh, screw you, England, we're on our own. Um, coincidentally, I think when we sent that, England sent a thing that said, hey, we're not going to do this dumb trade thing with you anymore, we'll just call it good. And then they got our letter before their letter arrived. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> but when we got their letter, we said, eh, we're committed. <laughs> Fool me it. once. Shame on, uh, sh shame, shame on you. It, it, I can't, can't get fooled again. <laughs> <laughs> it's an old saying in Boston. Yeah. It was uh, it was Robert Yates is the one that is uh, uh, most generally attributed Yates. to be uh, Brutus. Robert Yates. There was a there was a thing I was reading though that said that uh, I'm trying to find it too, but it was saying that there were actually three different uh, penmen of the Brutus letters, and they wrote it together, and it was it was because they were friends of uh, Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> That they wrote it under a pseudonym. Well, to be to be but fair, I, I'm trying to remember who it was. To be fair, the Federalist Papers, all of them, published the papers under Publius. Mm -hmm. So, 
it was only after the fact that we found out found who out who it was. was. Yeah, and that's the that's the funny thing about Brutus is because most of the the authors of of the other notes have been discovered between the Federalist and the Anti-Federalist papers. Yeah, and all of them wrote under pseudonyms. But Brutus has never actually been positively identified as to who it actually was. The original Brutus? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not of Roman fame, but... Yes. Yeah. Ah. <clears throat> so, the Articles of Confederation. The reason why they needed to get this passed, and probably part of the reason why they are so broken is because they did them fast. <laughs> they said, all right, we're independent. And then they turned around and said, now what? <laughs> oh, yeah, we should probably have a government in place, I guess, if we're our own country. Yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. And so they rushed to try to get this drafted, and it ran into all kinds of heated debates and all that kind of stuff, as it should be heated debates because... You're, they, they're basically creating this whole new thing. Even the Articles of Confederation are a whole new idea on governing. Yeah. Terrible as they may have been. <laughs> they had some really good ideas. Solid ideas. They also said, had some really awful ones. Yeah. Um, but uh, the Articles of Confederation, the main reason why they needed to hurry and get them passed is so that they could secure... French aid because the French were like, yeah, we'll help you guys, but we got to know that you're serious. Mm -hmm. So they had to actually have a government and they actually had to win. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it wasn't until, uh, um, it wasn't until they took Fort Ticonderoga, I believe, and pushed John Burgoyne out of uh, New England that the French finally said, all right, yeah, you guys are serious. You're beating some famous generals. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the colonists were like, yeah, yeah, we are. I don't know how, <laughs> but we are. <laughs> we, we were just standing here. He surrendered. I don't know what happened, but we'll take it. (laughs) Yeah. So throughout the Articles of Confederation, there's no executive branch. There's no legislative branch. There's no judicial branch. This is before that was a thing. (laughs) There's there's really no centralized anything. There is in Congress assembled. The United States in Congress assembled is the government. And the president of Congress is the quote-unquote president of the United States. And there were four or five presidents before there was George Washington. So, yeah. So George Washington isn't the first, he is the first president of our current government. He, he's the first president of the United States as a single nation. The United States of America. Yes. Whereas the uh, United States confederation was several different sovereign bodies that just came together and 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 agreed they agreed that they wouldn't other. attack each other <laughs> literally all that's, the confederation that's, was that's the gist of what it was the the, 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 with the central government saying 
hey, we'll just be here to kind of be the middleman for foreign powers yeah. and all that We're stuff. here in case somebody not on our continent, well, not even on our, our not in our, our state's boundaries, Whoever decides they want to mess pack. with us. Yeah. <laughs> and they even <laughs> left a clause for Canada to join them, which yeah. was hilarious. Missed out, Canada. Missed it you, by that much. You had your chance. This close. This close. There, there was like 20 years of the Confederacy that you could have just joined. <laughs> <laughs> no questions asked. Full rights, full stop. It was Nothing. yours to lose. <laughs> and, and no, you had to fight your own little, well, uh, yeah, not really. You just kind of did whatever. You were Canada, like usual. We were on the verge of greatness. We were this close. <laughs> we were on the <laughs> So close. Uh, but yeah. And the, big, the biggest difference between the two is that I've noticed so far is the Constitution absolutely is more of a republic-style government. Mm-hmm. Whereas the Articles of Confederation is more of a here we are government. <laughs> it's it's not even that the the it's it's barely democratic. Uh, it's not democratic it's, in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> it actually is a fairly republic view of it because each each state governs themselves. They are elected. All their officials are elected in the state. However, the state decides. Right. It, it's it's. It was basically the UK before the UK, and we all see how well that worked out. It was like, like not, not the, you, I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, the, the whole, uh, the whole United, uh, yeah, it's the UK, isn't it? All the, the United Nations, not United Nations, but no, the EU, EU, that's yes, what I'm yes, thinking of. It yes. was the EU before the EU was a thing and we all see how well that worked out. I'm <laughs> glad you brought that up because, um, oh, what was it? Da, 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 da. Ah, it was John Jay, I believe, that said one of the reasons why the Articles of Confederation is a bad idea and we need something else is he said it's too similar to failed leagues in history. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's exactly what it was. It was oh. it was <laughs> literally every state can do whatever they want. There is no common ground. The only thing that they have in common rule is if there is a foreign threat, all of them pay into the defense and they can't stop people from the other states traveling across their borders and having equal rights. And having equal rights. That was that was it. There's no bill of rights, there's no <laughs> each, any of that. Each state could still print its own money. While Congress was printing federal money. Federal money, yes. So you had 14 different types of money circulating around the country. There kind was, of like the EU. Yeah. <laughs> there, was, there was no actual like congruity between any of the states no. in, in this Articles of Confederation. It, it was literally every man for himself except for when somebody big wants to play with us. Yeah, it's, 
<laughs> it's a bunch of little siblings left to fend for themselves when mom and dad go off to date night. It, I, can you imagine <laughs> what would have happened? They they pick on each other all night, and then someone tries to break in the house. They all gang up on the guy that I, breaks into the house. This was this was a bad idea when there were only thirteen states. Can oh, you imagine oh, what would have happened bad. with all of the current states involved in that this kind of shenanigans? Said, <clears throat> that being said, Whew. if that was applied today, oh no, can't. California doesn't want to go anywhere. Darn. Dang. <laughs> Darn it. California money isn't accepted hey. in these states. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> California's gone bankrupt. And? Yay? <laughs> Didn't forget. Just don't care. Just don't care. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> so... I wrote down a few things. Oh, yay. Why the Federalist Papers were written. Um, the uh, Federalist Papers are broken up into two groups, basically. Critical of the articles and then argument for the Constitution, as well as a couple of things that are critical of the current Constitution that's circulating around. Mm -hmm. Namely, Bill of Rights was not attached to that. But anyways, Articles of Confederation, they were critical that um, they felt that they were too weak and they felt that the power was either too concentrated or too spread out. Which we kind of talked about. The federal government had a lot of power with military stuff, but it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then it's too similar to failed leagues in history. And then a few points on the argument for the Constitution from the Federalist Papers. Um, it's a more Republican government than the federalist uh than the articles are it clarifies some of the powers and duties of congress it separates branches of government and it they argued about its legalness under the articles of confederation so they're using the articles to make a new government yes they're not just gung-ho here's a new government let's go it's here's the things in the hey. articles of confederation oh. that say let's we can go do this hey oh <laughs> Let's go. So, that's that's how I imagine that the actual uh, Hamilton play actually took, a, actually went about is just <laughs> just that song on hey, repeat. Hey, oh, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, good times. So, to kind of paint a little bit of how excited they were that. Um, they actually got support from the French. Um, Henry Lawrence was the third president of the Continental Congress. Fourth president. That was close. Um, and it was... Um, so, so General uh, Burgoyne was defeated, and the next day, Henry Lawrence was nominated to be president of the Continental Congress. The vote was taken, and with unanimous approval, he was elected the fourth president of a very festive Continental Congress. Henry Lawrence's first official act as the president was to preside and vote for a day of Thanksgiving. The and first official holiday of America. A day of Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And, <laughs> and it's not Thanksgiving like for, we think of for it. For all of you <laughs> heathens out there throwing your Christmas lights up already. 
ashes. <laughs> <laughs> well, this was, yeah, but uh, <laughs> don't don't take this from me. Trevor. <laughs> don't take this. From me. <laughs> Let me revel in it. Um, but he says, "quote To adore the superintending providence of Almighty God is the reason why they needed to do this." It is first letter thirteen states. He declared. Dear sir, the arms of the United States of America having been blessed in the present campaign with remarkable success, Congress have resolved to recommend that one day, Thursday, the 18th December next, be set apart to be observed by all inhabitants throughout these states for a general thanksgiving to Almighty God, and I have it in command to transmit to you the enclosed extract from the Minutes Congress for that purpose. And the website that we have, we'll have in the link has a link to that. Um... Yeah, super. If you can read it. Yeah, lots of fine print cursive. Um, but yeah, this, there's an extremely rich history behind just getting the articles started and getting, frankly, the country started. Took a few pulls on the lawnmower, but eventually <laughs> they got the right thing going. Um, the uh, Yeah, and so that was... Uh, ratified was it that 1777 they passed it then it was ratified by all 13 states by 1781 um, because they didn't have you know email and post office and things back then and it took some convincing it took some convincing <laughs> and it took some some traveling to communicate uh-huh. with each other and it was finally put into law as the governing document March 1st 1781 um, and in the articles, it is tied to the declaration, just like the constitution is in saying it is the third year of the, um, independence of America or something like that. Anyway, without further ado, some of the context of the articles, at least that I found that was interesting. Um, a s- so uh, Article 1 is basically just stating the name of the country. It's the United States of America. So that's what we are officially called. Anyone that wants to talk to us, that's who we are. Article 2 um, says that each state retains its sovereignty, freedom, and independence, and every power, jurisdiction, and right, which is not by this confederation expressly delegated to the United States in Congress assembled. Just like um, is it the Fifth Amendment. I think so. That anything not listed in the thing is reserved for the states. Yeah. Um, so there's a little transition there of just keep that going. <laughs> um, article three is talks about how states are um, one sovereign nation. Yeah. Or one nation and they're supposed to protect each other basically. Um, article four talks about uh, the free travel between the states and if you're a fugitive you're still going to go to jail <laughs> or homeless or homeless or vagabond yeah i think that's the word they use right vagabond yeah paupers vagabonds and fugitives <laughs> if you're poor or if you're poor or if you're <laughs> broken the law because you're probably poor <laughs> <laughs> Popper is the one that's poor. A vagabond didn't 
technically have to be poor. A vagabond was any person who wandered from place to place without a fixed home. Oh. So that was that was the uh, the traveling people, the gypsies. The gypsies. The, the U.S. gypsies. Were, the U.S. gypsies were not allowed to travel between states, stealing children and doing their their weird gypsy things. Their weird gypsy things. Uh, I, I, um, I am definitely confusing gypsy with weird things from 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 uh, sci-fi fantasy novels, aren't I? <laughs> uh, so this is interesting. So I I have the dictionary from Days of Yore. Oh yes, and vagabond, a vagrant, one who wanders from town to town or place to place, having no certain dwelling or not abiding in it. By the laws of England and of the United States, vagabonds are liable to be taken up and punished. Huh. You're not from around these parts, are you? No, I just kind of wander around. You what? You <laughs> you do what now? <laughs> yeah, all those... Uh, Unbelievable. <laughs> all those uh, Instagram stars that travel the country to do whatever. The, the guy in the van down by the river? Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is not a mundane detail, Michael. <laughs> Don't do it. Just, just, just stay just, home. Stay just safe. Stay home. Stay home. Stay safe. <laughs> it's the origination of that's that phrase. Where, that's where they got <laughs> it from. That's where they got it from. I'll be darned. Oh, my gosh. Uh, article 5 um, is uh, state representation, basically. Every state gets one vote. They can send pretty much as many delegates as they want. You can send as many people as you want, but you're still only it's getting still one vote. <laughs> Looking at you, Virginia. <laughs> uh, uh, one thing from here that I thought was interesting was... Uh, the uh, uh, elected with, or appointed by the state one part? Or which, which part are you looking at? It's uh, this, at the end of the first paragraph, I believe. Um, it says, in every year with, uh, let's see, with the power reserved to each state to recall its delegates or any of them at any time within the year and to send others in their stead for the remainder of the year. The states can recall their delegates at any time, at any time and replace them. That is not kept in the constitution. I think it's a fantastic idea. See, the part that I thought was awesome, if I could find it, where did it go? Uh, while you're looking, third paragraph, each state shall maintain its own delegates in a meeting of the state, and while they act as members of the committee of the states. To me, if I'm reading that correctly, the delegates are supposed to be paid by the states, not by the federal government. Yes. Yeah. Which sounds like a fantastic idea. Because then you can't say, well, the federal thing for senators and for congressmen is uh, $200,000. Oh, well, what if you're from a state that doesn't really make a lot of money and doesn't have a lot of people? Yeah, you still get $200,000. Why? <laughs> I know it's here somewhere, but I can't. Oh, there it is. Uh, 
No state shall be represented in Congress by less than two nor by more than seven members, and no person shall be capable of being a delegate for more than three years ah, in yes. any term of six years. Yeah. Term limits. Basically. <laughs> Oh, and it continues. Nor shall any person being a delegate be capable of holding any office under the United States for which he or another of his benefit receives any salary, fees, or emolument of any kind. Emolument is is a, a payment or a gift or lobbying. Or a <laughs> or a twelve thousand dollar plate at a <laughs> or a twelve thousand dollar plate at a gala. Yeah. <clears throat> Just for no reason. Just throwing that out. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Article 6 um, is basically says only Congress can declare war and conduct foreign relations and uh, no standing army, but enough military to maintain a defense force so that nobody can just walk you in. You are required to keep a state militia? You are not allowed to engage in war without the rest of us. <laughs> so let it be written. So let, let it be, be written. So let it be done. <laughs> um, but the second paragraph here um, is kind of important for later. No two, no two or more states shall enter into any treaty, confederation, or alliance, whatever between them, without the consent of the United States and Congress assembled, specifying accurately the purpose for which the name is to be entered into and how long it shall continue. Basically, uh, Rhode Island and Virginia, you two can't be colluding to do stuff to kind of make others look bad. Can't be, yeah. can't be doing your own thing. But they can if Congress says, yeah, that's fine for that specific purpose for this duration. This is important because drafting the Constitution, they had to convince people that this was legal to do this and not just creating a whole new government out of whole cloth. It's, we needed, we, the reason, <clears throat> the Constitution had to be approved by every single state, not because, not just because they needed everyone to be on board, but because legally they needed every state to agree that this was something to do for this duration of time, which was until we decide we don't like it anymore. <laughs> mm -hmm. <clears throat> so that's the legal clause they were basically using in the Federalist Papers to uh, justify what they were saying. Um, and then, that's, that's, that's two, 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 three, four, towards the end of our paragraph four, Every state shall always keep up well-regulated and disciplined militia sufficiently armed and accoutred. Accoutred? Accoutred? Accoutrements. It's, it's, it's accoutred. Accoutred. <laughs> <laughs> shall provide and constantly have ready for use in public stores hmm, a due number of field pieces and tents and a proper quantity of arms, ammunition, and camp equipage. Translate this to modern times. Every state shall always keep well-regulated militia and, and means to supply them, as well as, in public stores, tanks, <laughs> ammo, and camp stuff to set up camp wherever they need to be. Mm -hmm. uh, they didn't have tanks back then. They had cannons. 
cannons were tanks. They were <laughs> counted under arms. <laughs> That's... Uh, it's, it's literally why they didn't that, break out what type well, of weapon you're allowed to have in the Second Amendment because arms yeah. encompassed everything. Well, the, <laughs> the, main, the main reason why I point out the cannons is field pieces. That was cannons back mm-hmm. then. Is publicly accessible. Well, you just can't have that sitting around. Why not? What, that, that's... That's why you have the shot heard around the world was because the British were going for the public ammo stores. And the public said, "Uh -uh. (laughs) (laughs) uh-uh. Nah, not happening. (laughs) I'm going to go with a solid uh, uh, no on on that one. (laughs) A solid no. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for them. It's definitely enough for me, dog. It's definitely enough for me, dog. <laughs> I, I love how they end Article 6 with no state shall engage in any war without the consent of the United States and Congress assembled. <laughs> I'm looking at you, Tennessee. <laughs> I know what you're doing. Battle of Athens, check it out. <laughs> Turns out Tennessee's quite the <laughs> rabbless bunch. <laughs> you, know, you know what? I don't like that guy. I'm going to declare war. You can't do that without the rest. Just, 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 hang on. Hang on. Hey, we're going to war with Spain. Hold on. We're still drafting it over here. No, we're going. No, we're going. Oh, all right. Just sign it. Sign it. Sign it. <laughs> Catch up to him. <laughs> Double time. <laughs> oh god. Article seven. Um, so current is basically saying that colonels and lesser officers are appointed by the states. So military leadership. You're gonna have a militia. You gotta have colonels and majors and whatever else to. Mm-hmm. Kind of organize yeah, all so, that. So basically it was the federal government picks everything above colonel for the army and then everything under colonel, uh, colonel and under is picked by right. each state that they're sent from. Right. So the colonel would basically be the commanding officer for the state and then mm-hmm. broken down from there. And then the, when war breaks out, the federal government steps in, says, okay, this is the commander in chief. These are his generals. These are his commanders and so on and so forth. Yes. <laughs> Article 8, um, the states are the ones that fill the treasury with property taxes when needed for the federal government. Yes. Hey, we're going to... Federal government comes comes knocking on the state's doors, says, hey, we need money. No, uh, England's on its way over to attack us. Well, why don't you say so? How much do you need? (laughs) Basically is how that went. (laughs) And then the state legislatures dictated how they collected those taxes, how much taxes was to be collected, and for how long, and then it was done. Mm -hmm. Um, I kind of like that idea. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds sounds like a good... Well, we can't do that now because the global... Are you sure? I feel like we could. 
I feel like it's a thing we could feel we like pull that's off. possible. I, I, if, I feel like if we cut off the federal government's ability to spend things and tax things, if a couple million Americans can raise, what was it that uh, the Nazarene Fund got in just a week? Oh, uh, it was a lot. Thirty million dollars or something, something like that. Something like that. Yeah. If they can get thirty million dollars in less than a week to do what the military should have done in the first place <laughs> and from and just private donations of Americans and then get stopped by the government because the government is always in the way and still get the job done <laughs> still get the job done i think it's possible to do that today yeah but we have things all over the place what if i told you we shouldn't <laughs> Just because something is <laughs> doesn't mean doesn't it should. Doesn't mean it should be. You spent so long thinking about whether or not you could. Yeah. You never stopped to think whether or not you should. <laughs> <laughs> Taxes f- finds a way. <laughs> because it's all part of the plan. Yeah. <sighs> Gosh. <laughs> it's just, oh, the next one's big. The next one is... The ninth article, which defines the powers of the central government. Oh, yeah. But before that, the paragraph right before that, oh, I want to I highlight you wanna, here. It's still an eight. Okay. This is kind of pointing out what we were talking about. The taxes for paying that, por- that proportion shall be laid and levied by the authority and direction of the legislature of the several states within the time agreed upon by the United States in Congress assembled. So the states have their delegates in, in the federal that- government... That is something I really wish they'd have carried over. The, 100%. And, and, uh, not just this specifically, but the fact that literally every single thing that the federal government, that the central government is allowed to do uh-huh. has a sunset. A hard sunset. A hard sunset. Not a... At inception... Oh, we, oh we're going to be out of money in a month. We better yeah. do another spending bill. Yeah. At inception, this ends this day. Yeah. Period. And if we if we need something else, we have to do something else. And the states do not have to comply unless there is that hard sunset. And even if it's not a hard sunset, the states can still say, nope. <laughs> Negative. <laughs> hey, we still need money. Uh, mm. For how long? Mm, uh, we're not nah. sure. <laughs> yeah, that's... Uh, no. We're, we're no. in a state of emergency. We've been in a state of emergency for the last 50 years. Yeah. Si- 60 years? No, longer than that. We've been in a state of... When is our Since oldest current standing state of emergency? 50-something? That's my guess. Yeah. I'll look that up I'll, for funds. You look that up. I'll move on to the longest article in here that's basically full of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the summarization is a lot cleaner. It, it is. On it because the, the actual thing is like... Yeah, but it's forever the, long. The ninth article is basically all of the powers that Congress has. And since there's no legislative, judicial, executive branches, they're all tied in here. All of the powers are kind of mixed in there, kind of. <clears throat> Except judicial doesn't really exist in there. It barely exists in the articles. But yeah. Um, so only Congress... 
from the, I'm reading this from the uh, summary on the webpage that we shared with the history and all that. Um, Congress sends and receives ambassadors. Um, only Congress can enter into treaties and alliances, provided that no treaty shall be made whereby the legislative power of the states shall be restrained from imposing such. So the UN can't exist under this. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> At least the U.S. can't be part of the UN under this. Well, the UN helps a lot. Yeah, but when the UN's passing things that basically is a front-out attack on the Constitution, no. <laughs> um, Congress's, Congress established rules for deciding, in all cases, what captures on land, water, uh, shall be legal, and in what manner prizes shall be taken for naval forces and service of U.S. Um, shall be divided appropriated. So if you're in the Navy or on land and you're at war and you capture things, Congress decides whether or not you get to keep those things, which kind of makes sense because you're acting on behalf of them, technically. <coughs> technically. Um, uh, Congress grants letters of marquee or diplomacy. Um and reprisal in times of peace. Congress appoints courts for the trial of piracies and felonies committed on the high seas um, and establishes courts for all that stuff. That's the court stuff. Uh, Congress fixes standard of weights and measures throughout the United States. So this, this is a pound. This is an ounce. This is whatever. All the states agree to that, but they could still basically print their own money. Um <laughs> Oldest standing national emergency currently is from November 14th, 1979. Ah, President Carter's sanction on Iran because of the Iran hostage crisis. We still have a current standing national emergency from the Iran. Iranian hostage crisis of 1979. That was immediately fixed when Ronald Reagan took office? Yes. <laughs> That's one of the funnier things in history from Carter. <laughs> the, Iran his, the Iran thing isn't funny, but how it ended is funny. 42 years. So, <clears throat> see if this sounds familiar. Carter um, is so terrible that the world doesn't really worry about the United States being a force to be reckoned with and so they start taking hostages namely iran takes a bunch of hostages and carter kind of kicks the sand and stuff says, it'd be real cool if you'd give us those guys mm, no but please mm, no <clears throat> okay ronald reagan takes office iran here's those prisoners <laughs> Crisis averted, but still in action, I guess. Yeah. <clears throat> Go figure. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, Congress regulates trade and management uh, with the Indians. Um, not the, the states don't do that, provided that the legislative right of any state within its own limits cannot be infringed or violated. So if the state already had some agreement or whatever with the uh, Native Americans, Congress couldn't really overstep those bounds. Um, 
uh, con- Congress establishes or regulates the post office from one state to another throughout all the U.S. They also exact postage on the papers passing through the post office to defray the expenses of the Bureau. Defray means to offset, basically, equally. So the post office should not be uh, losing money, I believe is the term. Yeah. That's a fun story. Today, the post office is, well, losing lots of money. Hand over fist. Which is odd, seeing as how they just get money in the first place, and then you have to pay for postage on top of the money that you're already giving them. Yeah. (laughs) And they're still losing money. But to offset that, they're going to deliver less packages. But their budget will remain the same. Makes sense. <laughs> the eyes are open, the mouth moves, but Mr. Brain has long since departed, hasn't he? Congress appoints all officers of land forces uh, in the service U.S., except for regimental officers, which is already covered, basically, um, and naval forces. Um, they make rules for government regulation of the land and naval forces and direction of their operations. Uh, They serve as a final court for disputes between states. Um, It defines a committee of the states to be a government when Congress is not in session. Committee of states is at least one representative stays behind. This is where the states pay to keep someone in Congress to represent them. So they... Seems like we'd be paying people a whole lot less. And a whole lot less people. If California wants to pay their representatives $400,000 to represent them, cool. If Nevada wants to pay $30,000 for someone to represent them, cool. For you to go four times a year to... Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. (laughs) Um, You might actually start caring about who your representative is if you're directly paying with them with your state funds. Right. Which might be why they made it so that's not the hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um uh, la, 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 la. and Congress elects one of their members to preside, provided that no person be allowed to serve in the office of president more than one year in any term of three years. Huh. So the president is only president for a year. And they have to wait. And they're picked from the delegates sent by the states. Yes. And they have to wait three more years before they can be president again. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I like that being applied across the board. Perhaps. Yeah. That'd be That's nice fine. to keep. Be nice to keep. Uh, let's see. Did I have anything to actually highlight here? Uh, no, 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 no. Shouldn't lose money. Can't. Oh, 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 oh. One thing it points out is that uh, in if something comes up that they need to work on and all the states aren't there, at least nine states have to be present in order for them to do business and all nine have to vote in favor of it. This is where the two-thirds clause comes in because nine divided by 13, I believe, is 69% or something like that, 
<clears throat> somewhere in that realm. 69%. Ah, that's right. The first time. 69.2. Um, so that's kind of the origin of the two-thirds clause. And that's probably part of why they did two-thirds, because they realized, now hold on, if we're going to be admitting more people, <laughs> and you have nine states deciding 50 states stuff. Um. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, one thing that I thought was interesting um, is that Congress, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. The Congress of the United States shall have power to adjourn to any time within the year and to any place within the United States so that no period of adjournment be for a longer duration than the space of six months and shall publish the journal of their proceedings monthly except such parts thereof relating to treaties, alliances, or military operations, as there's, as in their judgment requires secrecy, and the yeas and nays of the delegates of each state on any question shall be entered on the journal. You can't say present. It's yay or nay. <coughs> so, uh... Present... Son of a <laughs> <laughs> You done messed up, A.A. Ron! <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> but I, I do like that they put in here a level of transparency because this is supposed to be delivered to the states. Mm -hmm. So the states know what their delegates are doing and how they're voting. And if they're not voting the way that they want them to vote, as we learned before, they can say, get back here, we're sending someone else. <laughs> At any point. At any point. Not just every they, two years. Yeah, they don't have to years. wait every two years, every six years, none. <laughs> you know what, Mitt? <laughs> Time to go. Yeah. You're done. What was it we found out? Only like 14 states have it in their constitution to recall senators or representatives. Something like that, yeah. Um, which is... About 36 states too, less, too little, <laughs> roughly. Yeah. Um, Article 10 um, states that at least nine of 13 uh, states are required to do business. Essentially, um, Article 11, Canada is, is... the Canada Clause. Canada is pre-approved to be a state. <laughs> You've been pre-approved. <laughs> Your credit score is high enough. <laughs> All you have to do is renounce the queen, king, <laughs> whatever, whoever's in charge. Oh, sorry, but uh, we don't really want to do that. <laughs> All right, we're taking the fort. God <laughs> bless Niagara Falls. <laughs> Wait, we don't really want to do that. All right, well, uh, in that case, we're taking Fort Ticonderoga. But, but that's ours. Yeah, but you're with them, so <laughs> we're taking that. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> article 12. Um, any debt that's been incurred before the articles was created is taken on by the United States. So all the war debt from saying it's, we're our own thing. That, that article is essentially you're saying we'll pay our debts. What a concept. Huh? What weird concept. <sighs> article 13 the last article is uh, 
The articles are to be followed by every state. Any changes need to be approved by Congress and ratified by every state. This is, again, where the Constitution legal stuff comes in for getting that passed. Um, yeah. Um, and then <clears throat> the uh, just like the other founding documents, it has in here an homage to... Um, God in some way, and whereas it has pleased the great governor of the world to incline the hearts of the legislatures we respectfully represent in Congress to approve of and to authorize us to ratify the said Articles of Confederation and Perpetual Union. Huh. Huh. Recognizing a power and authority greater than themselves and recognizing that it is that greater power that has brought them there, not just themselves or their own wits and whatever. Fun. Yeah. Yeah. And it's signed Some, by a bunch of dead guys. Signed by a bunch of dead guys. There's, there's all their dead signatures right we'll, there. We'll hang together or we'll hang separately. Hang? <laughs> hang? <laughs> Wait, uh, hey, what? <laughs> I got I got lost a second ago. Where, you, you know where there did had this to, come from? You know there had to be one or two of them in there when something like that was said. Was now hold up. <laughs> <laughs> well, you said you pledge your lives, your fortune, your sacred honor. Yeah, but I didn't say hang. I didn't say hang. <laughs> First time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Also interesting to me that most of the names here are not on declaration or the yes, constitution either. Yeah, there's <laughs> only oh, I don't remember the number. There's only a handful that signed um, the declaration and the constitution of the United States, and even less that signed all three of these. I'm counting like five names that I recognize from the other two. Right. And part of that also falls into not having all of them memorized. <laughs> yes, that, that, is, that is also true. It's uh, easy to spot John Hancock because he, he, he was not afraid to tell anyone to F off. <laughs> so you're done. And Sam Adams. Come and get me. <laughs> Come and take it. <laughs> yeah. He's got a, again, he's got a big old fat signature on there. He's not afraid to use up that paper. And and John Penn. Mm. You know, he's he's easy to remember because national tra he's a national treasure. <laughs> I have to steal the constitution. <laughs> Constitution. We have to steal the Articles of Confederation. We have to steal the Articles of Confederation. That's the next movie. The <laughs> as long as Nick Cage is in it, I'm fine. <laughs> why do you watch those? They're and terrible. And the other guy, I know. he's funny. <laughs> I know it's terrible. That's why I watch <laughs> That's why I watch. I like this terrible. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. It's the best kind of terrible. <laughs> Yes. Yes. All of that. All right. So now we get to dive into the Federalist Papers. I think we'll just, we're already an hour into this. So we'll just dive into the first one. 
Just the first one. Just the first one, because it's actually the introduction to all of the Federalist Papers. And then it'll be a TBC. <laughs> yes. <laughs> to be recorded. TBR. TBR. Um, Not TBN, Turner Broadcasting Network? No. Wait. Mm, no. No. I'm going to do a soft pass on that one. <laughs> Trinity Broadcasting Network. My bad. Uh, um. But yeah, the Federalist Papers are, um, we'll have posted on the link to this, kind of how they're broken down. Because uh, there is actually, they're actually kind of mostly in order of stuff. And uh, this fine little book I have from Gary Wills, he did a nice job of kind of spelling out the topics-esque of each letter and who wrote them. Hamilton, of course, wrote most of them because... Well, I think a large part of it is he loved centralized government. Mm. <laughs> and the Constitution was definitely more centralized government than the Federalist Papers were. Um, and he also loves taxes. And so he's got a good chunk on taxes, which is also part of why he was the Finance Secretary, Treasury Secretary, um, under Washington. So, yeah. So, Hamilton did some good stuff, but he also did a lot of things. Like taxes. <laughs> like taxes. <laughs> All of them. All of them. <laughs> While I understand why he put them in, I don't agree <laughs> necessarily with them. I, I agree with them to an extent. I do not agree with the ability for them to just be blanket whatever yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they should yeah. be very specific specific and they should be very limited like have sunsets yes huh. mm. <laughs> but yeah so the the first article is written or the first federalist paper was written by hamilton and uh as i was reading through this i thought this sounds like it was written today because <laughs> wow um I almost want to read the whole thing. Almost. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. I mean, I, I can read something if you want. <laughs> oh, oh. You don't then, have to read well, all then of in it that by case. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure this falls under under uh, uh, common use, so it's we, we can read the whole thing. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is, yes. I believe. <clears throat> I just... Don't know how bored people will get with listening to the... Probably pretty bored. S- <laughs> the sondry words of Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> the, s- the sondry? You mean the... Sultry? Sultry? Maybe it's sondry. The... You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> <laughs> Which word? All of them. <laughs> No, no, it means what I think it means. It means what I think. Various and miscellaneous. Oh, there you go. So there. I looked up that word. It does mean what I think it means. What I think it means. Exactly. Several. Diverse. Exactly the point of the joke in that movie. (laughs) It's inconceivable. Okay, yeah, we'll go. We'll, We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. All right. How do you want to split it up? Do you want to split it up? You can read it all. I'll just take a nap. It's fine. I'll just take a nap. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, I don't want to interrupt with with rude buttons while you're. Uh, oh, just a couple uh, couple paragraphs. Waxing eloquent over here. Couple couple paragraphs, then a couple paragraphs, something like that. Most verbose with commentary wherever it happens. All right. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. Cool. After. <laughs> Most of these are addressed to New York. The reason being, New York was the least willing of the states to join in on this because they had the most to lose. <clears throat> How different it is today. <laughs> huh. Hmm. Some things never change. After an unequivocal experience of the inefficiency of the subsisting federal government, you are called upon to deliberate on a new constitution for the United States of America. The subject speaks, speaks its own importance, comprehending in its own consequences nothing less than the existence of the Union, the safety and welfare of the parts of which it is composed, the fate of an empire, in many respects, the most interesting in the world. It's barely begun, and they already recognize... It's the most, it's interesting, most interesting empire in the world. In the world. Hmm. Huh. <clears throat> it has been frequently remarked that it seems to have been reserved to the people of this country by their conduct and example to de decide the important question whether societies of men are really capable or not of establishing good government from reflection and choice or whether they are forever destined to depend for their political con constitutions on accident and force. Holy crap. <laughs> get the vaccine if there be any truth in the remark the crisis at which we are arrived may with propriety be regarded as the era as the era in which that decision is to be made and a wrong election of the part we shall act may in this view deserve to be considered as the general misfortune of mankind mm. huh Huh. And the use of propriety there is not uh, property, but accuracy. The accuracy of that statement. Um, <clears throat> this idea will add, will add the inducements of philanthropy to those of patriotism to heighten the solicitude... Use too many big words, Hamilton. <laughs> the solicitude which... <laughs> which which all considerate and good men must feel for the event. Happy will it be if our choice should be directed by a judicious estimate of our true interest, unperplexed and unbiased by considerations not connected with the public good, but this is a thing more ardently to be wished than seriously to be ex expected. The plan offered to our deliberations affects too many particular interests innovates upon too many local institutions not to involve in its discussion a variety of objects foreign to its merits of and of views, passions, and prejudices little favorable to the discovery of truth. This is not a simple thing he's undertaking, is what he's saying. Do you, do you need to pop this into Google Translate? Or are you following? Yeah, just about. <laughs> that's, that's why I have this, this big book this here. Words like... Philanthropy, solicitude, and the that are just and catch. Oh, the. <laughs> I'd, I'd be lying if I got to the point reading through this where I was looking up just regular words I use every day just to see if I actually understand. 
I thought your uh, your description of propriety was quite hilarious. Propriety has nothing to do with property, dude. <laughs> no, it does. It does. Propriety? It does. Not the way he was using it. No, it doesn't. But <laughs> that's pro- that's where I propriety got stuff, is, I is went the, back and the properness, socially correct, and appropriate. Uh, la, 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 la. It's it is conform. I just looked it up. Conformity to conventional standards of behavior and morality, socially correct, and I the quality of being proper or appropriateness has nothing to do with property. Pro, pro. Not to correct you in front of everyone, but pro, 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 pro. There's a lot of pro words way back. There are then. a lot of pro words way back then. Pro, pro, P R O P R I E T Y. Definition the first property, peculiar or exclusive really? right of possession, ownership. For propriety? Propriety. This huh. is their dictionary, sir. Propriety. Yeah, well, I guess that would make sense with proprietor. Yeah. Aha! Ha! Now, the caveat. This primary sense of the word, as used by Locke, which they referenced a lot for making the Constitution, uh, Milton, Dryden, and something, seems now to be nearly or wholly obsolete. Mm. See property. Then definition two. Well, you're just using a dictionary that's too old. Yeah. <laughs> Definition, the second, fitness, suitableness, appropriateness, cons, another word I need to look up. (laughs) (laughs) Established principles. You you have a dictionary. There you go. Uh, So on and so forth. Um, Yeah. And third definition, proper state. I will not be corrected whilst holding a dictionary. (laughs) You can Google that all you want. I have the hard copy. It weighs about 20 pounds and has words you never knew existed. It's really interesting how much words change, though. Well, that's why we have our the dictionary episode. That's true. It's true. Because literally, like you, you were talking about that, and I was like, that has nothing to do with that word because I've never seen a definition old enough to include property in it. for my entire lifetime that word has had nothing to do with property but you hear all about propriety or proprietary yes uh, stuff you do with business proprietary and and uh uh like i said earlier uh proprietors yeah owners of land owners of businesses things like that uh yeah so no not thinking about it that way yeah it makes sense Anyway, I will thank you for not mocking me like that. <laughs> I shall mock you again. <laughs> I shall taunt you a second <laughs> time. Taunt you a second time. <laughs> is it my turn? Yes, it is. All right. I get to mock you now. Yes. When I stumble over Good the... luck. <clears throat> All right. Among the most formidable of the obstacles which the new constitution will have to encounter may readily be distinguished. Oh my gosh, I can't read. (laughs) 
All right, here we go. Among the most formidable of the obstacles which the new constitution will have to encounter may readily readily be, good Lord, you screwed me up already. Stop it. <laughs> These this are is, words that you use karma. regularly. This is, this is karma. This is what that this is. Do you need may, a swig? Yes, I do. I'm out of drink. That's the problem. Oh. I, I, am, I am parched. Uh, <clears throat> may readily... I'm just going to stop now. I'm done. May readily be distinguished the obvious interest of a certain class of men in every state to resist all changes which may hazard a... You want to go with that word? Diminution. Diminution? Diminu- there's no nope, A in nope, there. Nope, there's not. Dim- diminution. Dimin- diminution. Diminution. Yeah, there we go. Diminished. A yes. diminishment of the power. Use easy words, <laughs> Hamilton. <laughs> We're <laughs> right. simpletons. Good heavens. We haven't had formal educations like yourself at 14 years old. <laughs> diminution of the power. Emolument and consequence of the offices they hold under the state establishments and the perverted ambition of another class of men who will either hope to aggrandize themselves by the confusions of their country or will flatter themselves with fair prospects of elevation from the subdivision of the empire into several partial confederacies than from its union under one government. Basically, politicians are going to keep being politicians. More elitists less. are going to keep being elitists. <laughs> it is not, however, my design to dwell upon observations of this nature. I am well aware that it would be disingenuous to resolve indiscriminately the opposition of any set of men, merely because their situations might subject them to suspicion, into interested or ambitious views. Candor will oblige us to admit that even such men may be actuated by upright intentions, and it cannot be doubted that much of the opposition which has made its appearance, or may hereafter make its appearance, will spring from sources blameless at least, if not respectable. The honest errors of minds led astray by preconceived jealousies and fears, so numerous indeed, and so powerful are the causes which serve to give a false bias to the judgment that we, upon many occasions, see wise and good men on the wrong as well as on the right side of questions of the first magnitude of society. This circumstance, if duly attended to, would furnish a lesson of moderation to those who are ever so much persuaded of their being in the right in any controversy, and a further reason for caution in this respect might be drawn from the reflection that we are not always sure that those who advocate the truth are influenced by purer principles than their antagonists. Ambition, avarice, personal animosity, party opposition, and many other motives not more laudable than these are apt to operate as well upon those who support as those who oppose the right side of a question. Were there not even these inducements to moderation, nothing could be more ill-judged than the intolerant spirit which has, at all times, characterized political parties. Wow. For in (laughs) politics, as in religion, it is equally absurd to aim at making proselytes by fire and sword. Heresies in either can rarely be cured by persecution. (laughs) That's not happening today. Oh my at gosh. All. <laughs> at all. 
I love I love that whole paragraph. Oh, that's, yeah. That's why I didn't pause for the entire thing. Because <laughs> it is beautiful it has, how succinctly he puts it together. I mean, it, it, the... the uh, See, uh, and further reason for caution in this respect might be drawn from the reflection that we are not always sure that those who advocate the truth are influenced by purer principles than their antagonists. How? Like. <laughs> just, just because you are saying something that is right doesn't mean that your motives are any better than the people that are saying things that are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah in your mind Be, being right doesn't always make you good <laughs> he's out of line but he's right <laughs> you're not wrong Walter you're just an asshole yeah that that one <laughs> that, that, that one <laughs> but seriously is ambition avarice personal animosity party opposition and, and all these different motives are just as likely to happen for those who are supporting a good cause as they are for those yeah. that are supporting a bad cause. Yeah. It's the, found, the founders, when working on all of this stuff, barely agreed on things. Barely. Mostly, they barely agreed on how to do it. They agreed on the end goal. So, eh, we just want to be able to do our own thing. Well, my own thing is doing this. That's great. My own thing is doing this. Well, that's wrong. But it's my own thing. Mm -hmm. It's not going to mess with your thing if you don't mess with my thing. All right, cool. Let's sign. <laughs> <laughs> it's the gist of how it went. <laughs> it was just convincing each other to just do their own thing. It's, it's the funniest thing because it really is... It, like if you if you look at the different viewpoints, there are very much those that are are liberty minded and those that are not liberty minded. Mm -hmm. And the weakness of the liberty minded is the i is is the fact that we would just let people that aren't liberty minded do whatever they want. It's a private business. They which can do is, what they want. Which what they want is to be controlled, <laughs> which then takes away the liberty. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, and and as much as it is just like yeah, go do your own thing, but your thing is is imposing on my thing. <laughs> right. so, so stop that. <laughs> yeah, and and that's where the line was eventually drawn with the founders is you can do your own thing, I can do my own thing, so long as our own things don't mess with each other's own things. Mm -hmm. Well, okay, I'm fine with that. I feel like this should be a thing, though. Yeah, but that's really going to mess with my thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, then what if I just do this thing here? You can do that just there. Just there. <laughs> that's that's why in the Constitution, we today, each state technically, for the most part, is allowed under the Constitution to do its own thing, mm -hmm. except for not be a Republican form of government. And still receive protection from the United States. Outside of that, pretty much do what yeah. you want. I mean, instead of being a democratic socialist state, why don't you try being a republican socialist state? Just, either way, that's 
That's it's still socialism. socialism. <laughs> but the manner in which you vote for it doesn't, doesn't change, change the outcome. The outcome. <laughs> but <laughs> one is allowed under the right. Constitution; the other is not. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's why they, at least with the um, Articles of Confederation, we think it's such a great idea that it's the states that collect the taxes and then give to the government whatever the government says it needs for the time. Right. Because then you you are only paying directly to those that are directly governing you. And then those that are governing above that, you can tell the people that you elected to your state offices, um, no, we're not paying for gender studies in Iraq. Maybe, perhaps, we don't do that. Well, it's, they only need this much. So no from me, dog. <laughs> That's they only need they only need this much. It yeah, but I only don't want to give it. And but so <laughs> But that's only not my problem. That's only that's <laughs> only over there's problem. Not, not here's problem. <laughs> that sounds like a whole lot of not my problem. <laughs> it's we need money for the gender studies over there. It's that's too yeah yeah am i continuing Uh, or is it your go it's my go okay i i thought i had a clip but i do not have have a thing to play an audio thing (laughs) unbelievable yep it failed (laughs) yep it failed uh one last thing on what you read i love the end of it Nothing could be more ill-judged than that intolerant spirit which has, at all times, characterized political parties. <laughs> Stop labeling everyone into everything. I also love how even back then they compared politics to religion. <laughs> yeah, It's equally absurd to aim at making proselytes by fire and sword. Join us or else we'll burn you and slash you to death. Heresies in either can rarely be cured by persecution. <laughs> we need to censor them. Their language is bad. Yeah, that'll that'll help. That'll cure it. That'll that's fix gonna it. that's gonna fix this right up. There's just spreading conspiracies about being censored. Cause cause they were or <laughs> You can't handle the truth. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Paragraph the next. <laughs> I've been yeah, reading ha- too much Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading like it's going out of style. It's because it did years ago. <laughs> years ago. Can't this be summed up in a tweet? <laughs> <laughs> Gosh, I wouldn't have to listen to this if Facebook hadn't crashed. <laughs> Who knows when it'll be back up? <laughs> the government's going to shut it down because it's, it's doing bad things to children. So yeah. That's not news. <laughs> you only now figure this out? Or... <laughs> yeah. That's a, that's a timeline of events that's not suspicious. Not at suspicious all. at all. Facebook, anyway. Facebook asking to be regulated. Government refuses to regulate it. 
Whistle, whistleblower, whistleblower that says quote unquote, that the government needs comes, to regulate it. Comes out saying the government needs to regulate it. Here's all the stuff that it's doing. Facebook servers crash after the interview. And then whistleblower shows up at the government to testify about the bad things that happened. But it's probably not on the servers anymore. Venn diagram between uh, agent and whistleblower, basically a circle. <laughs> yeah, there's there's slight slivers on either side, and it's type of media coverage. Got to got to zoom in to see. Got to zoom in to see it. It's minuscule. Ah. And yet, however, just these sentiments will be allowed to be. We have already sufficient in indications that it will happen in this as it will happen in this as in all former cases of great national discussion. A torrent of angry and mal malignant passions will be let loose. To judge from the conduct of the opposite parties, we shall be led to conclude that they will mutually hope to evince the just justness of their opinions and to increase the number of their converts by the loudness of their declaration declamations I almost had to look that up but then I realized that's the opposite of declaration it's kind of interesting instead <laughs> of declaring it they're declaiming it yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah declamation things that you don't realize are about the English language <laughs> until you read old English <laughs> yeah, our language used to be awesome so much better than it uh -huh. is now <laughs> for example the difference between example and end sample. Example is exclude, so outside, be an example outside. End sample is include, in, inside, so be an example within. Hmm. And if you read the scriptures that have end sample and example, you'll notice they are used differently telling the apostles to be examples to the non-believers and end samples to the believers. Mm. Mm. <sighs> anyway. Mm. Anyway. Infectiveness. Uh, uh, Declamations and bitterness. And by the bitterness of their invectives, yes. An enlightened zeal for the energy and efficiency of government will be stigmatized as the offspring of a temper fond of despotic power and hostile to the principles of liberty. Oh, <laughs> and oh, over scrupulous jealousy of danger to the rights of the people, which is more commonly the fault of the head than of the heart will be represented as mere patience and artifice pretense pretense. That's what I said. And artifice, <laughs> the bait. For yeah, I was just repeating the word. Yes. Because it's that important. Mm -hmm. It is. The bait for popularity at the expense of public good. It will be forgotten, on the one hand, that jealousy is the unusual... Con is the usual. Is the usual. That doesn't help with the next word. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I reread the one that I could read. <laughs> Concomitant of violent love. And that the noble enthusiasm of liberty is too apt to be infected with a spirit of narrow and liberal distrust. On the other hand, it will be equally forgotten that the vigor of government is essential to the security of liberty, that in the contemplation of a sound and well-informed judgment, their interests can never be separated, <clears throat> and that a dangerous ambition more often lurks behind the specious 
Mask of Zeal. Is that right? Specious? Specious? Mask of Zeal for the rights of the people. Then under the forbidding appearance of zeal for the firmness and efficiency of government. History will teach us that the former has been found a much more certain road to the introduction of despotism than the latter. And that of those men who have overturned the liberties of republics, the greatest number have begun their career by paying an obsequious, obsequious. court to the people, commencing demagogues and ending tyrants. You got a lot of really big words there, buddy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Concomitant is uh, accompanying, especially in a subordinate or incidental way. So jealousy accompanies love is what he is saying there. The usual... Seems like it'd be easier to say a company. It would be. A company. A, a company. A company. Con- concomitant. Um, yeah. But accompanying probably didn't exist as a word back then. I bet it did. I bet probably it did not too. in the way that we use it. Probably not exactly. <laughs> the uh, denotation and the connotation of these words are not as they used to be. Um, yeah, <laughs> this, it's just, it's like, uh, yeah, if they go for popularity, it's a great way to start as a demagogue and end as a tyrant. Mm-hmm. The most popular president in history. Uh, um, <clears throat> a little bit of tyrant, a little the bit obsequious of obsequious court of the people. A little bit of tyranny stuck in my throat there. <clears> throat> <laughs> I love how, like, even even back then, as he's as they are building this entire government around people being capable of governing themselves, they use phrases like obsequious court of the people, which is literally just saying that the people as a mass public opinion. Yeah, the the court of public opinion uh-huh. will flock to being servile. They they will they will flock to being ruled. This is literally what that yeah. phrase means. <laughs> that would never happen in the, yeah. Oh, 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 oh. oh. Ooh. <laughs> Next person who says shenanigans is going to get pistol whipped. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Yeah, that, hey, Farva. <laughs> and that's something I gleaned. I'll use a big word. I'll use a big word. I know big words, Hamilton. That's one thing I gleaned from this first thing, first paper from Hamilton was not only is he trying to convince the states to adopt uh, the Constitution, he's they. the course of these letters is also to convince the people that it's okay to not have someone telling you what to do. Right. It's, it's a whole new idea of governing yourself because it's, it's never really been done before on this, at least on this scale. And so it's like all these people, they're used to Kings. They're reading their, those that can read are reading their history books in their Bibles that say that Kings ruled and they followed what the king said and these guys are creating this whole new government where you get to decide what the rules are you the people decide what the rules are and if you don't like the people that are making the rules you can 
take them out and put new people in. What's the king's good word? Whatever you say it is. What? <laughs> and by the way, there's no king. <laughs> there's no king. But, well, then who's going to be in charge? Who's in charge? Whoever you, you choose to be in charge. <laughs> we, we, we can choose to be? What? We get to choose. So, so do do we pay taxes on this? Eh. We don't pay taxes. Well, I mean, if you're you will, asking but... Hamilton, it's yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the answer is yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In the course of the preceding observations, I have had an eye, my fellow citizens, to putting you upon your guard against all attempts from whatever quarter to influence your decision in a matter of the utmost moment of your welfare by any impressions other than those which may result from the evidence of truth. That's a long sentence, Hamilton. Although he put proper punctuation. There there, there are, are commas there. Did Oxford exist at the time? I think it did, actually. I'm pretty sure it did. Yeah. That's the Oxford comma. The actual Oxford comma. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you will no doubt at the same time have collected from the general scope of them that they of them that they proceed from a source not unfriendly to the new constitution. Yes, my countrymen, I own to you that after having given it an attentive consideration, I am clearly of opinion it is your interest to adopt it. He's just coming forward. Everything you're going to hear about this, I have a bias towards it because I've read it all up. I have helped write, make the thing. <laughs> um, but I, I approve of this, and this is going to be a series of letters on why I approve of it and why I think you should approve of it. So he's coming out full front. This is my bias. So read it as such. <sighs> I am convinced that this is the safest course for your liberty, your dignity, and your happiness. I affect not reserves, which I do not feel. So I'm not going to tell you something that I don't believe. Um, I will not assume... Amuse. I will, I will not amuse you with an appearance of deliberation. Vastly different words. Very <laughs> different. I will amuse you with an appearance... I will not amuse you with an appearance of deliberation when I have, when I have decided. So I'm not going to pretend like I'm going both sides when I've already picked a side. I frankly acknowledge to you my convictions and I will freely lay before you the reasons on which they are founded. The con consciousness of good intentions disdains ambiguity. Ambiguity. I shall not, however, multiply professions on this head. My motives must remain in the depository of, mine own, of my own breast. My arguments will be open to all and may be judged of by all. They shall at least be offered in a spirit which will not disgrace the cause of truth. And again, this is under the pen name Publius. So they don't know that it's Hamilton, who is a representative from New York, the only one that was supporting the Constitution from New York. I, I also having, love having to convince his countrymen and his state. I, to I just this. love reading the old English stuff where they use words in ways that you're like, that's, that's not how it's used anymore. That's not like, the definition, like, but it totally makes sense. Like profession. <laughs> That's, nowadays, we think of profession as your job. Uh -huh. Back then, he's actually talking about you professing. Like profess. You, you profess your your uh, your beliefs, your your different stuff. And so when he's talking about professions, he's talking about multiple professings. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah, that's where 
prophesy just, comes from prophet profession professor mm-hmm. um yeah it, it, it pro, so professor is literally someone who talks a lot about the things that they, <laughs> they believe about the things they believe right yeah. yeah that's so somebody who talks a lot anyway uh, i just thought that was entertaining a professor of science they talk a lot about science <laughs> <laughs> oh god buy my book buy my book <laughs> It's it's a it's a new book. It's about doing uh, meditation. <laughs> meditation. <laughs> it's uh you open it up and one page says breathe in, the next page says breathe out. Five hundred and twenty pages. What happens when you get to the end? It says stop. That's dark. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> uh, my turn? Yep. <clears throat> I propose in a series of papers to discuss the following intersections particulars. Interesting partic... Partic... Yeah. That's particularly hard, isn't it? So, it's because I messed up interesting and called it intersections. <laughs> the intersections I of have, particulars. I have I have construction on the brain. There apparently. are many books <clears throat> in the library. I'm just going to start over. We can edit that out later. <clears throat> no. We won't. He won't. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I propose in a series of papers to discuss the following interesting particulars. The utility of the Union to your political prosperity, the insufficiency of the present Confederation to preserve that Union, the necessity of a government at least equally energetic with the one proposed, to the attainment of this object, the conformity of the proposed Constitution to the true principles of Republican government, its analogy to your own state Constitution, and lastly, the additional security which its Adoption will afford to the preservation of that species of government, to liberty and to property. In the progress of this discussion, I shall endeavor to give a satisfactory answer to all the objections which shall have made their appearance that may seem to have any claim to your attention. <laughs> I'm going to keep going because there's those two little paragraphs. Oh, there. fine. It's, Fine. Small. You read I, so much with so many big words. I, I want to give you a break. I just, I just love how he ended that. He's, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give some counter arguments to things that you're hearing that actually are worth hearing. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it may perhaps be thought superfluous to offer arguments to prove the utility of the union. A point, no doubt, deeply engraved on the hearts of the great body of the people in every state and one which it may be imagined has no adversaries. But the fact is that we already hear it whispered in the private circles of those who oppose the new constitution that the 13 states are of too great extent for any general system. Wow, if only they knew what was coming. (laughs) (laughs) And that we must of necessity resort to separate confederacies of distinct proportions of the whole. This doctrine will, in all probability, be gradually propagated till it has votaries enough to countenance an open avowal of it. For nothing can be more evident to those who are able to take an enlarged view of the subject than the alternative of an adoption of the new constitution, 
or dismemberment of the Union. It will therefore be of use to begin by examining the advantages of that Union, the certain evils, and the probable dangers to which every state will be exposed from its dissolution. This shall accordingly constitute the subject of my next address. Publius. Publius. There you have it. Wow. He (laughs) is wordy. He is wordy, but that's a lot of words that apply way too closely to today. (laughs) Uncomfortably You know, after reading this, I really don't think he ever said, I'm not going to miss my shot. I... I believe that was an egregious understatement of the way that he phrased it. Well, to be fair, there's still 84 more of those, <laughs> and uh, he's written a lot of them. <laughs> he's written a lot of them. A lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's uh. So, again, the main reason why we decided to go over this was because... A lot of ish is happening on the federal level that not so good, especially since most of it involves collecting more power for the federal government, whereas the original Constitution, Federalist Papers, advocate for a spread of power instead of concentrated power. (coughs) And with all the uh, stuff going on now... I think it's even more important than before to study history to see how to avoid bad things like Hamilton warned about, like Jay warned about. <laughs> oh, and, and this is part of the reason why I brought up the Anti-Federalist Papers earlier, too, because it, it's important to know both sides yes. of the argument. Not not because I, I expect one to sway either way but because like like Hamilton said in that in in that very own thing just because y- you think you're fighting for the right side doesn't mean those on the right side don't have you know bad ambitions Malintent. and just because somebody else is on what you believe is the wrong side doesn't mean that they don't have good intentions yeah How- and and anywhere that there is someone that is pushing for something for what they believe is a good reason, there's going to be an idea in it that is worth evaluating. Yes. And, and so, you know, when you, when you look at things in history like this, it's important to take both sides of it and, and learn both. Learn, learn the arguments on, on either side and make a decision for yourself. The, the Anti-Federalist Papers are nowhere near as well written or well thought out as yeah. the Federalist Papers are. Well, when you have someone like Hamilton, who's an amazing orator and writer. Right. <laughs> on your side. Yeah, right. <laughs> Probably one of the best, if not the best, but of his time. the Anti-Federalist Papers also had some very good points. And you can see their points coming to fruition today. Because many of their points were, with a centralized government like that, there will always be those that will 
expand the power, that will push, that will do these different things. The, some of their points followed those lines of thinking, and that's exactly what we're seeing today. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure they talked about the judiciary being, I know Jefferson at least was very opposed to how the judicial branch was set up. Oh, yeah, because it's... <laughs> there's almost no oversight for there's, it. Yeah, there's, there's next to no oversight for it. Um, but, I mean, it, it, it covers so many different topics, and it's, it's, a, it's an important thing to see um, that, that other side of it and to be able to see where they were right and where they were wrong. And more importantly, where they came together. And where they came together, Cause, exactly. Because like you, like you said, you find the Anti-Federalist in the Constitution as mm-hmm. well as the Federalist in the Constitution. Mm-hmm. You find, you find where them both. people with literally opposing views came together to make something work. Mm-hmm. And these are guys that were not afraid to do a duel with those they opposed that they worked side by side with every day before that. Hamilton being one of them. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it's, this is the most divided the country's ever been. It's the most, it's technically not. Technically, because, well, Civil War, for one, was pretty bad. Pretty sure a lot more people died in that disagreement than have died in, today's disagreements and then founding the country in general they again they dueled each other and if you look at some of the uh, campaign headlines from way back when of um i think it was john adams and someone else running for president talking about how uh women and children will be murdered in the streets if their opponent is (laughs) Elected yeah. president. Well, it's like, um, <laughs> and 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 this is this is one of the reasons why I I say, you know, it's it's important to look at these things. So one of the first letters in the Anti-Federalist is by Patrick Henry, and one of the things he talks about is um, during the the Confederation of States, uh, there was an attempt by the Spaniards to uh, take the Mississippi. Right. They, they wanted rights to the Mississippi. And seven states wished to give them the river, and six states didn't, so the, the thing failed. And, and this is part of the reason why um, everybody was on board with it being a republic, because if it's simply a democracy, seven states say yes, six states say no. The Mississippi River belongs to Spain. Yeah. But in a republic, seven states say yes, six states say no. The Mississippi River belongs to the U.S. Yeah. Because we don't give it up. Yeah. But he, he then goes on to say, because one of the arguments that the Federalists made was that um, the, the country would tear itself apart when it disagreed on something like this. And he uses this as an example of, we, we made it through this and, and nobody wanted to leave after that like, right. because we established the rules and, and it followed the rules and whatever. But then he goes on to say this, he says, unless a constitution be, or he said, there is no danger of a dismemberment of our country unless a constitution be adopted, which will enable the government to plant enemies on our backs. By the confederation, the rights of territory are secured. 
No treaty can be made without the consent of nine states. While the consent of nine states is necessary to the secession of territory, you are safe. If it be put in the power of a less number, you will most infallibly lose the Mississippi. As long as we can preserve our unalienable rights, we are in safety. This new constitution will involve in its operation the loss of the navigation of the valuable river. And he was using this as a as a, a tangible example of something that had just occurred, that if you had a central government that was making all the decisions that wasn't operating on this idea mm-hmm. of you have to have the consent of two-thirds or, or however many extra, if it is, if there is a... Uh, 51-49 split and the 51 wins, then you end up with the country splitting apart. Yeah. Because then you have half the country feeling like the other half of the country is their enemy. Right. And that is exactly what we see right now. Or, or to make that more modern, if you mm-hmm. have uh, 30 states that uh, legalize gay marriage and 20 states that don't recognize gay marriage and the 30 states go to the Supreme Court and Supreme Court says the other 20 have to follow the 30. Oh, it's a little divisive. You have now created enemies on your backs. Yeah. And, and so you can see there are very specific things that I, I, and they adopted several things to help try to mitigate this. Yeah, obviously, because this was a real concern that was addressed. Yeah, and this these papers also started coming out with one of the first drafts of the Constitution. Mm-hmm. And so they were being amended. They, they were working on the draft as these debates went on. Mm-hmm. And then it came when it came down to the end, a lot of states said, we'll pass that, but it has to have rights in it. Yes. Which gave us the Bill of Rights, which is where mm-hmm. you find a lot of the anti- even more anti-federalist and federalist stuff. Because the anti-federalists together. were very, very much pro-Bill of Rights. Yes. And and so you see this, and, and part of why I brought it up at the beginning is because from the Articles of Confederation to the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, the, the amendments, the ideas are, are brought not just from the federalist, but from the anti-federalist, and there are things of merit in both. Yep. Yep. And things that are damn near prophetic <laughs> in both. <laughs> Almost as if they had some sort of divine inspiration. Yeah. And and it's it it's amusing to me that that Patrick Henry was uh, was one of the anti federalists. Not amusing in a like, like ironic way. It's just. I mean, that, like, yeah, that makes sense that he would be because he's the one that said, give me liberty or give me death. <laughs> he's the one that started it all. <laughs> he's, he's like, yeah, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to say no. That, that's not <laughs> what I signed up for. One. Two, <laughs> you're wrong. <laughs> Three, fight me. <laughs> 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 I feel like he was probably Irish. <laughs> he probably was. <laughs> Are you looking that up? I am. I'm looking it up. The world needs to know. The, yes, at least I need to know because 
if he wasn't Irish, that was... Born in 1736 in Hanover County. That that says nothing. That says nothing. Virginia. He was a Virginian. That's almost as good as being Irish back then. Really is, though, because that was like one of the big things about Virginians back in the like beginning of the, the states is they were the fighting Virginians. <laughs> And it's probably because of him. <laughs> His father was a Scotchman from Aberdeen. Oh, Scott. Yes, he was a Scott. Oh, well, that explains that it too. That explains it too. <laughs> Either way, Gaelic. <laughs> and his mother was a Presbyterian. That's all I got on it. That's, that's, that's all you need. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll not be reading all of the Federalist Papers like that. I just that first one just introduced it so well with so many things just too relatable to today. That uh, how do you not? How do, how do hey, it's one of those things where you start highlighting and you stop highlighting because well you're highlighting, highlighting the, everything, the whole thing. <laughs> you just gesture to all of me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um. But yeah, we'll we'll pick and choose uh, some highlights throughout, and it's definitely worth taking some time to read and study. Attempt to read and study. <laughs> Attempt with a dictionary in <laughs> hand. The oldest dictionary. The you oldest can find. dictionary you can find um, in I, hand. I recommend the American Dictionary of the English Language by Noah Webster, eighteen twenty-eight, because that's the first dictionary written for the United States, and the oldest that you can really get for the English language, at least for the United States, which makes sense because that basically defines the words that the founders used. So you can get a more true intent of what it was. Kind of like if you're reading the Bible, the closer you can get to Hebrew, the closer you can get to what was actually being said. Such as, thou shalt not kill was actually thou shalt not murder. So it's a little difference. Between those two words. <clears throat> There's a lot bit. of difference between a lot of words. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the solution, though, to all our wo- woes is actually from both the Federalist and the Anti-Federalist. Get involved. Yep. Get involved. Um, whether it's city council, mayor, school board, run for president, whatever it is, get involved. But the more local it is, the more power there actually is. The more good you can actually do. Yeah. And on top of that, with the, uh, this is, I'll put the link to that, this story in there. That's what we need. We'll just, we'll just go be the, the, the mayor or the governor and the lieutenant governor of some little, little town little place that we can just say there's no taxes, there's no... Do a dry run? We'll do a dry run. <laughs> See how it goes? We, we are a sovereign city. No, no, you belong to our county. You and what army? <laughs> you owe us taxes. Come and get it.
this one. Director Fury, the Council has made a decision. I recognize the Council has made a decision. But given that it's a stupid-ass decision, I've elected to ignore it. <laughs> that one. Yes. Yes, that one. I've elected to ignore it. Hey, the government decision. says you're not supposed to do that. Yeah, seeing as how that's a stupid decision, we're ignoring it. <laughs> but uh, that actually is true for today. <laughs> well, the federal government says that you have to do this or else or else what? Well, or else... They're going to come door to door and make us. Or, or else they'll do, do things. Yeah. You can also talk to your um, sheriff and they can kick any federal agent right out of the county or take them downtown. It's their choice. (laughs) You can leave by yourself or you can leave with me. (laughs) Oh, no, we got it from here. I don't think you understand. No. (laughs) Let me rephrase. You can leave by yourself. Or you can leave with me. But you said exactly the same thing. It's, we, we got this handled. We, we can. You're not understanding. <laughs> you can leave by yourself. Or you can leave with me. <laughs> oh. Yeah, we'll just go. We'll just go. Uh, good decision. Good to see. Y'all don't come back now, you hear? (laughs) Hey, Officer Mitchell. (laughs) I thought you said you didn't want to come back out here tonight. Yeah, become become ungovernable and be as civilly disobedient as you can. Civil disobedience drives them nuts. Hold hands, sing kumbaya, and don't do what they tell you to. There's there's nothing that drives a progressive more mad than seeing something they can't control. Also, nothing drives them more mad than saying something completely inane, trying to get you to argue with them, and you just simply saying, no. No. Well, but what? But why? No. No. (laughs) But why won't you get it? No. Because no. (laughs) <laughs> that's that's why just no but what reason do you have no that's that's my reason is no <laughs> but do you have any studies to back it up no is my answer <laughs> no you don't have studies no my answer is no <laughs> <laughs> we all been through school just say no <laughs> <laughs> when offered drugs <laughs> And, and <laughs> all the handouts that they're giving you, all the stimmy checks and everything, that's a drug. Mm-hmm. Why do you think people are not going to work? Because they're getting paid not to. They're getting paid not to. We literally had somebody call in the other, like, we, well, not call in. We had somebody fill out an application the other day. And when we called them to come in, they were like, oh, no, I was just filling out the application so that I could collect my unemployment. Unemployment. I don't actually want a job. Huh. Literally had that happen in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. In some states, you can collect up to $100,000 in um, unemployment checks and benefits. 
Yeah. Well, in in some states, you can make more money uh, as two single individuals living together with yes. a child. Yes. Collecting unemployment than you can as two as a married couple, both of you working. Yes. Yeah, that's the hundred thousand dollar thing. Mm-hmm. No one's getting paid a hundred thousand dollars. They're not getting paid a hundred thousand dollars. They're getting paid a good chunk, and then they get insurance, and they get food stamps, and they get rent relief, mm-hmm. and they get this, and they get, and they get, and they get, and they get, and they give nothing. nothing. Which is why it's called an entitlement. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is something I'm pretty sure... I mean, I haven't read everything in the Federalist Papers yet. Or the Anti-Federalist Papers. But I feel like both of them agreed that that's a stupid idea. Pretty sure that's because it is a stupid idea. Oh. Mm. Anyway, that is... That is that is it. That's it? Um, that's all we got? That's all we got. That is... Next week will be some iteration of Federalist Paper stuff. We'll see how that goes. And we'll see from there what, what happens. If it's anything like this week, it'll be a little circus. <laughs> little circus. It'll be a Congress. <laughs> Bunch of baboons. Bunch of baboons. <laughs> it's, a, it's a gathering of baboons. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're, they're small red cheeks. Give us... Anyway. Give us uh, those likes and such and all the things and shares. and You can find us on Spotify, Apple, Podbean, Pandora, iHeart. All of the places. Um, you can find us on Facebook. And according to our metrics, of. Other is a large section going on right now. I don't know. What, I don't know how you're finding I, it. I don't know what Other is. But... But Congratulations we'll t- on finding it. All and we're 30, excited that you're enjoying it. All 30 to 50 of you that are catching up on our episodes for some reason. It's been it a is, good month. If it is 30 to 50 extra people, I don't know what's going on. We're being monitored it's, or something. That's it's the cool. CIA. It's the FBI. It's a, the, <laughs> that's oh. why I hide in the bushes in front I, of my I, house I, with a steak knife. That's a news story I wanted to, a headline I wanted to point out, put the article in the links talking about... Oh doing local stuff. Oh, yes. Uh, the teachers uh, union and the... Uh, did you know there's a union for um, school board? I did, yes. Yeah. Uh, the two unions got together and asked the Biden administration to prosecute parents that are terrorizing school yes. boards. Yes, yes. And yeah. Biden administration said, yeah, that's a good idea. We'll get the FBI on that. So now the FBI is... in going to investigate anyone that quote-unquote terrorizes school board members by asking them questions. Yeah. So get involved and talk to your sheriff. And talk to your sheriff, yes. <laughs> Be friends with your sheriff. Friendly. Friendly. In a friendly manner, talk to your sheriff and tell them to enforce state law. As long as you have a good sheriff. If, if he's not a good sheriff. Either way, tell them to enforce state law. Yes. <laughs> That one. Now it's done. All now done. it's done. All of it? That's it. That has been a slice of history. Bye! Bye.
Here we go again on our own. <laughs> oh, I, I need your help figuring out a project, by the way. All right. Yes, I want to get a... Uh, have you ever seen The Walking Dead? I've seen like three clips of it, yes. Um, you know the guy that has the bat with the barbed wire wrapped around it? Yeah, the guy that ends up being kind of the bad guy. Yes, yes, that guy. So I want to get his bat. Like like the, the bat with the barbed wire right. wrapped around the end of it. And I need to build a glass case, and I'm going to put the bat inside the glass case, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, gonna to do vinyl on the glass case, and it's going to say, break glass, beat ass. Ow. Or break glass, kick ass, one of those things. <laughs> Either way, a donkey is involved. <laughs> Either way, a donkey is involved. <laughs> what was his name? I don't know. It was it started with an N, didn't it? Negan. It was Negan. That's what it was. Negan. 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 Says see. the man who never watched the show. I never watched the show. <laughs> oh. That makes three of us. Lucille. Yes, they have it. On eBay for twenty dollars. Probably like made of plastic or something. That's sad. <laughs> I want a real one. Or you can go to the thrift store and buy a used bat sitting in there and wrap it in some barbed wire. Is it is it a real bat? I want a I want a real bat. Anyway. This is neither here nor there. It's I, it's in case of emergencies. It, it'll also say that. In case of emergency, break glass, kick ass. There you go. That's that's the full, <laughs> in case full of a, text. In case of emergency, break a case. <laughs> in case of emergency. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, foam. Boo. Boo. That means you can actually beat people with it and they don't feel bad. That's unfortunate. Very. Very. <laughs> Shame. 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 Anyway, are we ready? I am ready. What are, uh, what are we starting? Are we starting on the articles or are we starting on the Federalist? Uh, we're starting uh, kind of through the articles. Okay. Do we have a game plan for this, or are we just kind of winging it? Kind of-ish winging it, but I have notes and stuff. She has notes and stuff, so <laughs> yeah. I get to participate in commentary and button pushing. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's, um, there's going to be a lot of unbelievables, and you can't handle the truths. Yeah. This book is fantastic. Ah. The Federalist Papers. Yeah. It's a book. Yeah, by, uh, well, it's by Alexander Hamilton, James Madison, John Jay, but <laughs> uh, it's got an introduction from Gary Wills. Ah. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, uh, so let it be written, so let it be done. Done. And uh, make sure you do the right song. All right. Well, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat>
be disappointed. Are, if didn't. are we are we doing a, uh, a vitamin B this week or just going right into the <laughs> just history? Go right into it. Whatever. Okay, let's do this. Here we go. 